Okay, today is episode two of the Learn Easy Cast with Pat and Rico. Okay, and uh, Rico is here to do a little catch up with me so we can, you know, compare notes on how we're surviving this uh, quarantine. Yeah, uh, and uh, we, I want to do a little comparison of how life is in Denver, Colorado, in the U.S. to Freiburg. Um, so Rico, tell me, like, how, what are you doing to, to survive right now uh, in Denver? You know, what's going on? Is, is, are things getting better or worse uh, in the area? You know, it, it's, well, hey, Pat, how, how are you doing? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> surviving here in Freiburg. I think, I, I think it's, a, it's a little bit hard to tell. Um, we had a stay-at-home order that was put into place in April. It was extended. And it's actually ending tonight, Friday, May 8th, at midnight here in the United States, Mountain Standard Time. Oh, wow. Um, and um, so it remains to be seen. Uh, but ultimately, people will be able to return to doing some activities that they couldn't do previously. Some retailers will be able to open up. Um, and, you know, they're sort of like phasing this in. So it's really hard to tell what the exact difference is going to be. I'm still a little bit... Um, hesitant to just sort of meet up with friends and get back to normal without really knowing um, what's going on. Because unfortunately, yeah. uh, like in many countries in Europe, our, our, our number of cases seems to be going up still. Oh, wow. uh, the number of deaths, you know, 2,000 deaths a day in the United States due to coronavirus. So it's, it's still a, a very, um, I guess for me, a very difficult situation to know what to do. Understood, Rico. It sounds a little bit more dire than here in Freiburg at the moment. Uh, uh, we've been kind of relaxed here in, in the sense that this has been a um, very clear order to stay at home, but you could still go out, uh, take walks with your um, significant other or immediate family. Uh, and if you were to meet another family or another individual, you would have to keep a distance of uh, one and a half meters. If you can understand that, that's like um, five feet. Well, they, they've been saying six feet is, is what people want us to do in the United States. Six feet of social distancing. Exactly. And, and that would be about two meters in, uh, in uh, you know, the metric system. But one and a half is what is the minimum that's required here in Germany. You know, two meters would be better. Yeah, the six feet would be better. Uh, but one and a half is okay. <laughs> which, which is a little bit like uh, fascinating how arbitrary some of these rules are that we're following. Yeah, we, we just follow them without really knowing if, how effective it is. It's just good enough, you know? And, and it's just uh, a way of, you know, giving you a uh, way of thinking about how to deal with the, the strangers that you encounter. And as long as you keep some distance, it's okay. Uh, and, and of course, uh, it's not uh, so strict here in, in that sense. Uh, if you have a group that's meeting together, you could, uh, as long as it's not a group of five uh, or more here in Freiburg, in this, in the, in, in Freiburg and in Baden-Württemberg in general, the rules are a little bit more relaxed in that sense. But if they see a group of more than five meeting and not keeping the distance between 
uh, one another, then the police would get involved and then they would probably fine you, you would get a fine. Do you, do you have that kind of situation in, in Denver where you'd get fined or, or maybe even arrested for breaking the quarantine in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any personal um, knowledge of this, you know, based on my own experiences or what I've seen, but I have read that people are getting fined um, or could risk even being arrested if they don't adhere to some of these orders. But when I've gone out to get groceries at the supermarket, yeah. it, it's been amazing to me the number of people who don't have masks on, yeah. the number of people who just seem to think this is just not a big deal. Um, but I, I've really only gone to the supermarkets, although my wife and I have gone on some walks and have recently started riding our bicycles on a trail where there have been very few people that we see at all. So just trying to be smart. Um, but, you know, things are going to change starting this weekend. And so my point is, is that when I've been out just to the grocery store or running other smaller errands, um, like getting gas, there's still a lot of traffic out there. There's still a lot of... Uh, it's it's hard to you know really think that there's actually something happening because you see so many people out and about. Understood. Uh, if you see so many people out and about, do you feel a little bit uh, nervous? Because I I get that feeling sometimes here um, when we're going out for hikes um, behind where my girlfriend and I live um, to the mountains. We try to keep our distance from other strangers, but still you see groups of teenagers meeting and and gathering, and you're just wondering. If, you know, how is that going to help the situation if people are yeah. kind of... And I, and I think that's just it. I think rules. people are... Well, I, I think people are social and they're, they're going to flout the rules. They're going to do what they want to do. And I think that in the United States, especially, you see people who are just have refused to put on masks. You see people have been shot uh, in restaurants when told that they can't sit down in the restaurant or challenging people, employees... Exactly. We, you know, the United States is, is very different, as you know, Patrick, from, the, from Europe and specifically Germany. Yes. Um, but I, I think that, you know, ultimately people just are not taking this seriously because it hasn't affected every family in some way. The numbers aren't that large yet. Yes. And I just hope that people can understand that by practicing social distancing and adhering to recommendations like wearing a mask and yeah. not meeting with people who are not in your family, um, for as long as you can, stay at home is really the recommended uh, suggestion. Uh, I think that's really all we can do until there's a vaccine is, is kind of what I understand. I don't want to get too political yeah. in this discussion, but I think that the reality is, you know, I was just doing some reading up on the Spanish flu. Yeah. And I think there were 500,000 to 750,000 deaths to the Spanish flu in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Specifically. Yes. And last I checked, we're nearing 80,000 deaths in, um, in the United States with COVID-19. Yeah. And that's been two months. Yeah. You know, yeah. sure. the Spanish flu lasted from the spring of uh, 1918 through the summer, fall of, of 1919. So yeah. in about 15, 16, 17 months, let's say, you had 500,000 to 750,000 deaths. And in two months, we've had 80,000 deaths. I don't know how those numbers are that different given that the time frames are different you know what i'm saying like you know i understand that. i i would say that uh with the spanish flu uh from the videos i've seen online there's uh, we should link to a couple of good videos that i've seen it, it made it clear that there were two waves and so there was a lack of preparedness for the second wave that caused even more deaths and, and then they required another quarantine uh even stricter quarantine in order to get it under control and this is something that 
we're aware of, but we're not necessarily preparing for based on, like you said, I would not like to get political. I live in Germany and I know the German government is well prepared, uh, but I feel from what I've seen, uh, the US government has not really taken this into account except for leadership, uh, the scientific leadership, uh, but the scientific leadership is not uh, the one controlling uh, the policy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think that's just it. It's like you know, uh, I forget what the expression is. You know, yeah. um, you know, you know, uh, something like if I make a mistake, you know, it's my mistake. But sh shame on sh you know, my mistake, shame on me, or I, I forget what it is. Exactly. But. Yeah. So it's like like uh, you fooled me once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shame on me. Fool me twice. You know, or shame on you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's we'll we'll like put that. it into the next episode. We'll, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll get it right for, for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. But the idea but, but, is, uh, you, uh, you know, it's, it's about being fooled, right? And, and, and I feel like uh, we're fooling ourselves if we think that there won't be a second wave. And, uh, and, and that's what we should and, learn from the night. Uh, and and to not be prepared, okay? Yeah. Let, let's just admit, we weren't prepared for this first wave. So yeah, let's just... True. Let's learn from that. Not only with this possible second wave, but any future pandemic, have we have we really learned our lesson that okay. there is a need to have emergency pandemic preparedness? And yeah. unfortunately, in the United States, which is a federal republic, so every state is doing what he or she wants to do. There's not a concerted effort at the federal government level mm -hmm. uh, with scientists and policymakers, lawmakers, and 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 so on and so forth. So. That is what the problem is in the United States, I think. And ultimately, you know, in an election year, there's a lot that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how the next uh, 180 days play out because our election uh, this year is coming up in 180 days today. Isn't that crazy? It's coming so quickly. Yeah. I wanted to state this. In Germany, uh, we have a federal system as well. And the leadership is strong enough where they were able to sit at the table with all the governors or the heads of state for each state in um, Germany. We only have 16 states here. So, so it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit more uh, convenient to, to come up with a plan. But of course there had to be negotiations because <clears throat> the leadership here, and we're speaking about Angela Merkel, she's very experienced and, and she's, very, she's very knowledgeable, but she understands that she has to come up with a solution that will satisfy the more conservative wing of of, of the, the governors of those states and also um, respect the wishes of the liberal governors of different states. So it's a balancing act that requires experience and leadership. And it was something that required her to be able to, to come up with a compromise between the states, uh, but she couldn't dictate to them what to do. And that's what I think you're trying to allude to is this lack of, of someone with the political skill to, to negotiate you know, a, a plan that will work for the whole country, knowing that you have to respect the state's rights to have their own plans, you know? And uh, exactly. we don't have and that. I think that you know. Unfortunately, the United States, and just to end on this note, but you know, just that I think our, our country is very divided politically. And as a result, there has been no effort, no concerted effort to try to bring people together and get past this. It's still been a lot of, you know, uh, finger pointing and blaming. And, you know, ultimately, I think, comes down to President Trump not wanting to assume any responsibility or to say, hey, the buck stops here. We made a mistake. Let's come together. 
and move forward yeah. so that I can ultimately, you would think he would want to think, you, you would think that he would be thinking to himself, like, if I can demonstrate that I can pull this country together, yeah. then I'll get reelected for the next four years. So it, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation, but we can, we can move past the politics, Pat. You know, it's a yeah, Friday. I know. Yeah. I'm not pro Trump at all. And, and, and I'm not against, um, you know, seeing alternatives uh, to the system there in the U.S. I think I'm kind of lucky. So I'll leave it at that, that we'll talk more about the system and political issues for, our, for the students who need the, that kind of information next time. But what about, um, what are you doing, Rico, to survive this quarantine? Because look, I have this loosened quarantine here. I don't even have time to really check out, you know, you know things like... Uh, uh television really i don't get a chance i'm working still i'm still going and spending time with the family going out but you're you're stuck in the house what are you doing for for fun yeah well you know for me i'm, I'm a self-professed uh, sports fan okay I, I love sports i love to watch sports and so i've been trying to watch a little bit of sports but unfortunately as you know in yeah. the united states specifically all of our professional sports leagues have been postponed or you know put on hiatus but uh, ESPN recently uh, started showing The Last Dance, a, a documentary series yes, on yes. Michael Jordan's last season and his last, his last championship season, I should say, with the Chicago Bulls. And uh, it's been, I think, that's probably been the number one reason, in my opinion, why people yes. have been so unwilling to just stay at home is because there's a lack of sports, there's a, there's a, there's a lack of escapism. Okay. Even, without, even, with, even without fans, I think people would be contented to stay at home and watch baseball, watch basketball, watch football. Yes. And, you know, what I'm hearing, I'm actually hearing in Germany that you guys are going to be uh, opening up the, the Bundesliga. Yeah, that, that's crazy when you think about it, but it's true. Uh, the news was uh, very clear that uh, the Bundesliga will be having games soon, maybe even the beginning of uh, um, next week will start having games, but, of course, not with a full audience or – or uh, it'll be um, basically a, a televised game with a very small amount of people allowed to go and participate as an audience. And hopefully they'll be doing all the, the, the precautions of testing the players beforehand and, and of course the audience that are going to watch the players. Uh, I think it's amazing that we've gotten to that point where now they, the German government thinks that it's okay to allow sports to happen, but I think that trying to get people a little bit of a distraction, especially because in Germany, um, football is, is king, you know, <laughs> soccer. Uh, I should say soccer is king, you know. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the players are able to deal with that kind of situation and well, if, if it lasts. Yeah. Well, one, one of the interesting um, ideas that I heard or read about was that by not having fans or as many fans in attendance, it kind of somewhat evens the playing field of not having home field advantage. It's sort of just like, okay, it's just all about athletic ability. And how is the ebb and flow of the game going to go now when you don't have these raging fans cheering and, and the hooliganism yeah. and, and all of that sort of um, paradigm in, that you have normally in, in, in team sports. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting. And I think I'm, I'm actually happy that, you know, Germany has been a, a world leader in how to contain this virus and how to do, social distancing in a way that you know testing and just really trying to figure out how to get back to normalcy yeah and so hopefully this can provide a, a blueprint for american sports leagues to somewhat know what to do maybe what not to do 
Um, I've heard other leagues around the world as well. Like I think the Korean uh, baseball league is, yeah. is, is open as well. So yeah. you know, for countries that did have a more concerted and, and centralized approach, yeah. I think they're starting to reap the benefits and rewards for having a plan, um, even if they as well were caught unprepared. And that, that uh, at that point, I, I think we can say, you know, we can like put a bow on this little episode to say, yep, yep. It's all about having a good plan and sticking to it, and then you can flatten that curve and then hopefully return to some kind of normalcy, okay. And uh, I will come up with uh, um, more, you know, to talk about for the next episode of uh, the Learn Easy cast. Uh, I just want to let the listeners and uh, the viewers know that we're looking to create more episodes, more tailored to what you guys want to talk about, more uh, inspiring and positive, Uh, topics uh, that we can use to learn more about how to improve our lives and uh, just you know send us uh, an email or, or uh, give us give us a comment on Instagram or even Facebook or even Twitter uh, we'll have all those links for you and uh, and we'll look forward to taking those topics and and using them for the next few episodes uh, but just to give you guys a teaser for the next uh, time well, we have an episode we'll be looking to to talk about the english language and uh since rika and i were both or we're still kind of still teachers in a way we're always teaching you know and learning from each other uh but we're going to focus on the topic of english and uh we'll be talking about uh things uh almost as if uh we'll have regular topic segments about uh, the english language like words of the week uh we'll even try to put in a couple of jokes of the week in english uh and uh, also give you tips on how to improve you know your grammar um, and that that will be something we'll try to keep for all types of topics not just english but maybe languages like german and italian maybe we'll have guests who will give us those tips and uh, yeah that will be something um you can look forward to in the next episodes outside of your own suggestions anything else rico before we say goodbye no well i would just say that i and again i would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching the video to think about you know these topics because you can actually engage with a one-on-one session so that you can really enhance your skills in english right it's one thing to do this in your native language but to be able to get the practice and the repetitions to do this in a foreign language in this case english for those of you learning english It's a really, really fun and engaging way to practice your language skills that can be personalized around whatever topic is of most interest to you. So please let us know yeah. what it is that you want to have us talk about so you are more engaged in listening to these uh, podcasts. All right, great. So we'll stop here. And uh, yeah, uh, I want to just say to the, uh, to the audience, uh, keep learning easy and we'll see you next time.